Segunda Show. This is Tracy Bonham, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Radio 8 Ball, give us a shake. We're here in the studio, tempting fate. Questions to the songs which we will randomly select Here with the help of our friend Synchronicity And now it's time for the Radio 8 Ball Show Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. I am your host, Andras Jones, here at Starburns Industries in Burbank, California, with Don Heffington. Yes. He is providing the oracle fodder for our musical divinations and inviting his friends and compatriots in to ask their questions to the Pop Oracle. And now we are joined by one of those, actually our first guest in the studio. Welcome to the realm of the Pop Oracle, Jill Markey. Hi, thank you. So you designed some uh, some artwork for our musical guest, I, I gather. Yeah, he's really fun to paint. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> what is it yeah. about him that makes him fun to paint? Um... I can't imagine. <laughs> it's kind of endless, really. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, there's just there's well, just she did a she him. did a she did a little portrait of me, and I used a, a detail of it on the first record. It's got me sitting there with a little bird floating around my head, mm-hmm. and I really liked it. And I like all her stuff. It's well, yeah. Nice. I mean, the bird floating around your head constantly—that would be fun to draw. Yeah, and it really right. happens. You too, can't see but... it in the studio, but it's <laughs> it. It's not. A, it's a sound nightmare. Uh, yeah. It's driving us crazy, but we're making it work. It won't stop circling. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. um, is it that? Is it that it's fun to look? Up? Is it easier to paint when you're looking up? Because this guy is tall. He's pretty tall. He's, yeah. He, uh, he he's like the guy that Harry Nilsson wrote that song about. Jesus Christ, you're tall. You hear that song of his? <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, it's a great song. Anyway, so uh, but you don't just you don't just paint. Don Heffington. No. No, that's not. not do you have other? I could. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> it would limit your palette. What, it what would else? Be a limit. What else? So, uh, but you also are you paint? Is your medium painting, drawing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Predominantly all. acrylic on wood panels. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Paint on anything, really. Anything yeah. involving paint. I love it. I should have shown you some of her stuff before you came. Well, on. I it's saw really, the I saw the album you cover saw the with album the bird. Cover with the cover. bird. And have you done other album covers? Yeah, I did one um, called Sound Bites from the Counterculture. Mm-hmm. It was um, with uh, Jella Biafra and Timothy Leary and oh yeah, and um, Henry Rollins and just a bunch of different people. I might have, feel like it's I might have seen fun. that album. Yeah. Those are- Guys, when when did you make that out? Do that out. That was cover. probably the nineties. Yeah, that's. I yeah. probably did see that. Yeah, that was that was all right in my wheelhouse of the stuff <laughs> I was listening to in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, did you actually work with the with those artists, or did you just get the the assignment? No, it's so isolating and unfun being. You're just by yourself in your studio. You know, while everyone's getting together, but you're just kind of doing your thing. So I was by myself. Yeah. Do you listen to the the album and get ideas from that? 
Um, you know what? It was such a last minute. It was such a last minute thing. Um, I didn't have time. Back in the day of, of answering machines, uh, they asked me to do it, and my roommate uh, didn't give me the message. <laughs> so long story short, it was crazy. By the time I ran it, I ran into the guy the night before it was due. So I had one night to oh, do wow. that entire thing. Yeah. Well, we're going to include crazy. the artwork here, and people are going to marvel at the fact that you turned that out in just one night. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you've been listening to all of this. Usually, yes. you know, the guests, the guests usually come in blind. They don't. They have not that we blind them before they come in, but they don't know what else, what's been asked before, so mm -hmm. they don't really get a sense of the whole you know scope of the show. We do, you know, the musician and I do. But what do you think, listening so far? Were there any synchronicities so far? Sometimes I find, yeah. like, if I come up with a question at the beginning of the show, I used to ask my question at the end, and I would notice that the question I had in mind kept getting answered on the way to my question. Uh, we will get to your question yeah. in a second, but have you experienced any synchronicities or noticed anything maybe that we missed when we were talking about the divinations coming up to this one? No, but what I loved about it was the way in which it came from such a personal place from everybody, you know, what they were dealing with in the last two, especially, um, and how the song did relate and was, they came in on it and it, that was the funnest part to see. Yeah. To me, the songs really did relate to the yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah, it was great in that way. Well, let's, let's yeah. see if it works for you too. Okay. <laughs> okay, so what is your question for the Pop Oracle? So my question is um, basically that uh, a, another compelling reason to tell people that want to leave this town, Los Angeles, um, to try and, uh, so I had to work at the shop because that's what artists do in this town. They have to work about a trillion other jobs <laughs> while they do their art. And um, people would come in daily and say, uh, yeah, I just, I gotta leave. It's too expensive. It's, it's a, you know, a thousand reasons why to leave this town. Um, and I'd be so depressed by the end of the day because of all of the things that they would say. Um, it took all I could to, to kind of counterbalance that with, but no, it's got this and that. And so I came up with a lot of reasons to stay because I do love this town and I've moved around a lot. Um, in LA or in the world? <laughs> Um, I, Tell them how many times. It, it, okay, uh, I've moved 42 times. In L.A.? No, no. In that would life. be kind of interesting, actually. Yeah, in my life, I've moved around a bunch. You know, that's a very, in in the field of synchronicity, 42 is a very... Is it? Uh, a a hyper-focused number, like 23 and 42 are the big ones. Well, because it's the answer to life, the universe, and everything, and Douglas Adams, and there's just, there, it just, it shows up in, in a lot of and a lot of sync, synchronicity writings and work. So that's a very potent number. That do you makes feel me like, feel so much better. Do you feel like you landed on the place you are? You was the last move like three weeks ago and you're getting ready for the next one? <laughs> Just or, about. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the itch. I can tell she's out of there. It's, it's coming. No, <laughs> no. Um, it's Because 43 is not a special number at all. No, I don't like 43. Yeah. That's why I want to well, stay. That'll That's be, one of the be, many reasons. It'll be over, over with soon enough, too. You know, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, going. well, yeah. And that's part of my question is I want to figure out, not to figure out, but I also want to give the answer to other people as well as myself, a compelling reason to, to stay. A compelling reason to stay. To stay in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Or I guess, you know, for the listeners yeah. out there, wherever you, like there's someplace else could be your Los Angeles. Because I have to say, yes. pretty much I've done this show in lots of different cities. And one of the most consistent questions 
whether it's little city, yeah. big city, nice city like Seattle, or you know, crappy city like wherever you live and you think that's a crappy city. This is one of the most asked. Not yours is actually. A, I, I, it's the most positive take on that question. Just right. what's a good reason for staying? But so many people are dissatisfied with where they are and are questioning. Yeah. Should I move? You know, why? Why do I stay? And I love the. I love your your spin on it, which is, what is a good reason to, to stay? stay? Yeah. I love that. So now to engage the pop oracle, you get to spin the wheel of eight. Na, 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 we love it. And as I thought, it lands on song number one, a song that's already been chosen. So now we're going to switch to the next divination mode, the cards, and you get to pick a card, any card. Pick a card. Pick a card, any card, pick a card now, pick a card, any card, pick a card, any card. Song number two, Everywhere I Look. All right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. Down by the boardwalk, kicking up sand Here come Jenny with a bottle in her hand Well, Ricky had some quarters she was shaking in a can And Billy found a 20, so he's looking for his man Well, they had a box of photographs, really made me flip Every single loser on the Sunset Strip Well, Jenny's out of detox, she couldn't make it stick she poured me out a double, but I didn't take a sip Because everywhere I look, everywhere I go And everyone I meet, everyone I know And everywhere I see people going down slow Everywhere I look, anywhere I go Hit it Down on 3rd Street behind the bar Judy's been living in the back of her car She met a guy from Phoenix, he stole her guitar Before she got that DUI on Vista Del Mar Now past all the tracks and the shiny new trains Down Alameda and over towards Maine In little tent cities there begging for change Watching and waiting and praying for rain Because everywhere I look, everywhere I go And everyone I meet, everyone I know And everywhere I see people going down slow Everywhere I look, anywhere I go, man
wall, kicking up sand. Here come Jenny with a bottle in her hand. Well, Ricky had some quarters, she was shaking in a can. And Billy found a 20, so he's looking for his man. Well, they had a box of photographs, really made me flip. Every single loser on a sunset strip. Well, Jenny's out of detox, she couldn't make it stick. She poured me out a double, but I didn't take a sip. Because everywhere I look, everywhere I go, and everyone I meet, everyone I know, and everywhere I see people going down slow. Everywhere I look, anywhere I go. Everywhere I go, the everywhere answer. I everywhere I look, sorry, the answer to Jill Markey's question: What is a good reason to stay? That was so perfect. Yeah, that was amazing. So I loved it. What he was saying: Basically, wherever you go, there's people going down slow anyway. Wherever you are, and so why not stay in the town with the people you love and the things you know? Because you're going down anyway. No. <laughs> well, that's. Yeah. You know? Is this is this about L.A.? Well, by the boardwalk, I was thinking of L.A., yeah. Yeah, I mean, know, there's 3rd Street and the boardwalk. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 sure, Alameda. Yeah, right. And right. kicking up sand, that ocean of ours, it's pretty hard to leave. That's pretty um, amazing. <laughs> Gotta say. Well, tell us a bit about the background of that song, Don. Oh, uh, well, it doesn't have a real upbeat background. Uh, I had lost a couple of friends to uh, a little too much partying. And uh, it just kind of came to me, you know, just, uh, um, let's, let me take a look. Uh, yeah, Jenny with a bottle in her hand. Uh, oh, had a box of photographs, made, really made me flip. Every single loser on the Sunset Strip. As a side note, there was, there's a, Ed Roche is a great artist. Mm -hmm. And his early photographs were of every single building on the Sunset Strip. So I kind of threw that in as a little tribute to him. That's, that's, cool. that's, that's beside the point. Uh, yeah, everywhere I look, everybody going down slow. I mean, it was just kind of kind of pretty self-explanatory. Is know. this a recent song or an older uh, Oh, when did Asa pass away? A uh, couple of years ago now. A couple of years? A few years at least, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to say who it was? I mean, I don't, I don't want to pry, but if you want to uh, well, talk about uh, who it is that... The, the... A, a young man named Asa Ferry uh, was probably what, what triggered mm -hmm. the song in me. And uh, you know he was a he was an amazing guy. He just uh, could not pull it together. Just one of those things, you know. Was he a musician or? An... He was a, he was a musician and many other things. Yeah, yeah. And he was uh, actually the father of my grandson. So oh. we're really going straight down here. No, man. no. <laughs> hey, this is this is the the real real. So uh, and were the other characters Jenny, Ricky? I don't know who Billy. they are. Could it's... be anybody, you know. Go down to the boardwalk in Venice. You see a right. hundred of them, you know. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. So you, so for you, the, the, your interpretation, Joe, was that it's 
it's definitely an L.A. song about talking about the people. There's a sense of appreciation, right? Yes. So it's a mixed bag, right? If you, if you were going to give this as the reason for someone to stay in L.A., the song talks about some of the beautiful stuff, but it's also talking about it's kind of dark, the, really. the dangers of L.A. And, you know, it can be if, if you don't know how to stop, it's a city that will keep feeding you. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I wonder about that. I, I feel like when I tell people about L.A., it is a, a mixed bag. I live in Olympia, Washington, and people ask me about like moving to L.A. And it's it's hard to know what to tell them. Because exactly, I had really I moved out to LA when I was eighteen with no money and like two phone numbers, really bad idea, <laughs> and it worked out great for me. I got lucky, you know. I was one of the lucky ones, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know if I can. Rec- I don't necessarily recommend that strategy to somebody else. Although I do tend to say, if you're going to move out to LA, move out when you're younger, because. People who are young, the people, the young people in L.A. Are, aren't established and don't have all kinds of stuff. And so there's room to meet other really talented, all the talented people from all these little towns who just needed to find L.A. L.A. is a great town. It's just kind of a tough nut to crack, you know, especially if you, when you come into town. It's like, what is this? It's like, you know, thousands of miles of stucco and, you know, what's going on? But if you know your way around, if you know your, your I wouldn't say know your place, but know... Wherever the whatever you're interested in, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot going on. You just have to know where to find it, you know. Well, this is this is actually good. I wanted to get into a little bit of your history. This is good. So, when did you, when did you hit? You grew up in California. I was born over by East LA College. So you're in LA. Born yeah, my uh, my my uh, relatives on my mother's side were from Iowa. They were a bunch of female musicians. My grandmother taught me to play the drums. She played all kinds of instruments. Uh, when I was little, and uh, my mother played upright bass. So, uh, yeah, so anyway, so I, w- I was born in L.A., you know, I was just here. It was always, it seemed normal to me, you know. It and all seemed natural. <laughs> so I, so I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to date you per, per se, but when did you first hit the scene and start playing gigs? Like, what was the year? When did, well, you know, when I, oh, the year? In L.A., like when when you went from being a guy who lives at home to someone well, I, I would say the first stuff I did of interest would be. Uh, have you ever heard of a guy named Butch Morris? Probably mm, not. No. He was. Uh, he he ended up in New York. He's one of those downtown guys, and he had a way of conducting music with hand signals, and uh, he just made some beautiful stuff. But when we were kids, we were in a band. We'd play Miles Davis tunes and stuff. He was down in South Central. And uh, that was probably the first thing that was of interest. And, I, you know, I wanted to play jazz when I was a kid. And uh, that was the thing. And, you know, I, there were a couple of... Uh, Mose Allison was real big to me. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard Dylan, of course, that kind of blew everything up. He blew everybody's mind, you know. I, I got his record when it came out in 65. I was just pretty young. His uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues. That'll do I, I it. Know, well, that's the, that's one of the yeah. tunes. But what is it called? Bringing it all back. Bringing home. it all back home. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that was, you know, then everything kind of went kablooey. I kind of started listening to more folk music, and, you know, I, I guess it kind of broadened my perspectives. But the plan was always to live in a loft in New York. That was the plan. But I got sidetracked <laughs> here. I started working. I went out with Hoyt Axton in the early seventies. Ah. 
Um, who else? I wow. Know. I ended up. What a uh, training. That's great. Yeah, Hoyt was great. And uh, played with a bunch of different people. I, I don't know. I ended up going out with Lowell, Lowell George on his short Short-lived, yeah. Uh, I was looking at disastrous your tour. You didn't play on any of the records. You just no. I Lowell. knew I knew Lowell for about. Well, I knew him because he used to sit in at a club, the the Corral up and up in Topanga. He'd sit in. We had like a New Orleans band, and uh, and he'd come up and sit in. But I didn't really know him. I mean, I I knew him better. We rehearsed a couple of weeks. Went out for what was supposed to be a three-week tour, four-week tour, and I I, I don't think I don't think he yeah, yeah I don't think he lasted but two weeks. So I wasn't that close to him, but I mean, he was an inspirational guy to play with, you know, very spontaneous, very expansive, you know, got the, tried to get the best out of people. He was, he was something else, you know. And of course, I knew Anora back then, mm-hmm. Anara, I should say, and uh, she was on the road with us when he passed away. Oh, so was uh, that, was, that was probably the roughest part of it, you know, that was probably the roughest part of it, because I had a daughter her age at the time, and, uh, you know... Uh, you know, just the simple questions like, who's going to hold the fireworks for me? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was uh, distressing. But um, uh, but that was, you know, a short-lived tour, and uh, that was that was the end of that. Who else? I don't know. I started playing uh, with Emmylou Harris. I did a lot of stuff with Emmylou in the early 80s. and then, Is that what led to Dylan? Because I know they worked together. Actually, oddly enough, I was with Lone Justice in New York and, and with Maria McKee and He'd, he'd written a song for her, uh, um, and, and he came down to the studio on the power station, and he taught us the song, and he brought Ron Wood down, and the two of them played, nice. and we played the song. I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Why it was left off the album, you'd have to ask our— Oh, lead, it, didn't, it didn't end up on the Lone Justice You'd have record? to ask our producer okay. what the hell he was thinking. But anyway— uh, So and I don't want you to get in trouble, but we, Lone Justice has come up a bunch. It sure and has. every time it as, comes as, up, you kind of like—you're <laughs> not in the studio with him, but he kind of gets this look of like— uh, it's the look I, you know. Hey, it was yeah. nice while it lasted. It didn't last that long, you know. But it was, <laughs> but it obviously had a, so when did that come in the in the scope of things? Were, were you already? I was uh, playing with Emmy Lou Harris and uh, her, the steel player. I saw them by chance at um, at the lawn, at lingerie. I remember it well. Not, not your show at the lingerie. No, but, I know. Yeah, well, yeah, well anyway, um you know, I, 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 they started out with an acoustic song, which was kind of odd for the period, probably 83, and uh, and then went into their little uh, two-beat, you know, kind of thrash country thing. And, you know, it kind of gave—it was a good vehicle for her to sing over because it was kind of a, a rough-sounding, you know, hard, mm-hmm. you know, kind of rough-edged band. And uh, I think that— her voice sounded good with that. She used to think, say, I want it to sound like a John Deere tractor, me singing over the top of it, you know. So I just really liked the band. They needed a drummer. Uh, I met him through Steve Fischel. And, you know, we uh, we played for a while. It was real fun for a while, you know. And, uh, you know, it got less fun when you get producers involved and people smelling money and this and that. Now, Not the people in the band, now, but see, other now, people. I asked, I, we had Marvin on the show, Marvin Etzioni, uh-huh. who was a member of Lone Justice. Yes. And I, I had a memory of this, and I don't, and he was like, I don't think 
I don't remember that at all. So maybe I just manufactured this memory, but now I get a chance to ask another member of the band this. I'll set you straight. So when I was, so that stuff came out in like 84, 85, and I was still in high school. I, I don't was, think it came out till 85, and we, we had yeah. the thing ready to go in 83. So you tell me. What so I what I remember is in 85 when I was, it was my senior, junior, senior year, uh, of high school, and I remember that Miller and I—I I was really into the Del Fuegos. They were banned they from were Boston. Great guys. Great Mitchell guys, Froome yeah. produced them. Great. It was my first time. I realized that I was—I was becoming a fan of Mitchell Froome uh-huh. <laughs> as much I as I was becoming guys. a fan of yeah. the band. I love that band personally and as a band. I thought they were really. And they had—they were—and it was before I was jaded about selling out. And they were on this Miller. The Miller Light had a campaign of up-and-coming bands, and they and there was this one with Del Fuegos, and there's a line in it where the guy from, I think Warren Zanes has the line, you know, it's rock and roll, I think of it as just like folk music, because it's for folks. There you go. <laughs> That's the kind of line I might make fun of, like, elder, but when I was a yeah, I was a senior in high school, and in the passion of songwriting, I was like, yeah, man, that's the truth. <laughs> and I, but my memory is that there was also a commercial like that with Lone Justice, that Lone Justice was part of that campaign. Never heard anything about it. No, okay, damn, I just made it up. Okay. You made it up. The t- I'm, I'm, I'm going to get Maria McKee on the show sometime. I'll ask her. I'm going to yeah. ask everyone this Didn't question until maybe, I get the answer I want. <laughs> maybe it has something to do with her. I don't know. But no. anyway, we finally went on yeah. the road after that record came out, and it didn't last that long. We, we ever, the whole thing kind of went its separate ways. And then I think a di- another band showed up. Mm-hmm. You know, So I don't know much about any of that. Yeah. So, uh, well, I'm glad we got the, uh, Thanks, for Jill, for letting me take a little bit of your time to get into the history of this guy. Yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> it's good. That's so funny. now, now, are are you? Do you think you're going to stay where you are? Did this song? Did this song make you want to stay where you are, or did it make you want to move? It made me sentimental. Yeah. It made me feel. You know, I love the messiness of Los Angeles, and I did used to live in Venice by the boardwalk. And no matter what kind of day you had, no matter how hideous it was or depressing or whatnot, you just hit the boardwalk, mm-hmm. and. Um, all the different kinds of people there would make yeah. you re- realize, you know, either it's not so bad or you just were in it, in the mix altogether. And it's just, I, I would probably miss a lot of that, a lot of that. And, and the different cultures, you know, the places that everyone, the mass exodus as creative people is to find a more affordable place to live. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes that's kind of isolating and, and definitely not... Um, a lot of different people, you know, it seems to be kind of homogenized. A lot of places you go, it's just kind of, I don't know, like out in the sticks, there's maybe not as much diversity mm-hmm. there. Um, and that's what this place is, this place is about. And the song made me realize so much of it that I, I would miss. So, <laughs> so it was helpful. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And I'll tell you, my experience with this is like, I think we get the answers in the room but then when I go back and listen to him, when this comes out a week or two weeks or from from now, it it's amazing how many more things like seem so obvious. To be like, why didn't I notice that? Like it, yeah. the song is clearly saying, "Stay where you are," or whatever, <laughs> right? like in this very specific way. So I, I look forward. If you get it, if you if when it comes out, you have other new inspirations around it, feel free to share them, and I'll post them in the blog. Thanks so much. Yeah. And thanks yeah. for having me. This is a lot of fun. Thanks, Joel. I hope, uh, you know, if you get inspired to 
do some artwork about it. Well, well, we can post that in there, too. (laughs) Heck yeah. Awesome. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher, and check out our website and the links provided for info about past and future shows on the Radio 8 blog, our ongoing Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the Pop Oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. I hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. And until next time... I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio 8 Ball Show. It's a good show! <laughs>